Welcome to the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and we're in for another great episode talking about hockey cards and their values and what they're doing in the card market. I'm a little bit more amped up today than normal because I just returned from the Toronto Sports Card Expo and I had a great time. I'm not going to talk about too much of it in this episode because next week's episode will be a full review of my experience at the Sports Card Expo, the people I met, the cards I picked up, and again, just the great overall experience that I had. So now you know what's going to be in next week's episode, but what about this week's episode? What can you expect in episode 20 of the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast? We'll start it off with some NHL news, some things that have happened in the past week that uh, caught my attention and I thought I would bring out to you. Then we'll follow it up with what I like to call the market watch. What we'll do is look at some players who are hot this week as far as their NHL stats are concerned, and then we'll look to see how that has affected their card value, either in a positive or negative way, or maybe no way at all. In our final segment, we'll take a quick look at who are the surprise teams in the NHL right now as far as record is concerned, based off of what a lot of the prognosticators had mentioned at the beginning of the season as to how well they would be doing. So again, we have a great episode in store for you with episode 20. So as you know, let's get right into it. But before we get right into it, just a quick reminder that the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast is by no way, shape, or form a financial advice podcast when it comes to hockey cards or trading cards in general. This podcast is meant for entertainment value only, meaning that you should be entertained listening to a fool like myself give my opinions about hockey cards and what they're going to do. Now let's get into the episode. So we're starting off with some quick NHL news in the past week. Let's kick off our news a little bit of a sad story, but the Edmonton Oilers have fired coach John Woodcroft and assistant coach David Manson. They've been released of their duties after a 3-9-1 start to the season. Hartford Wolfpack head coach Chris Knobloch will replace Woodcroft in Edmonton on an interim basis. We've seen how Edmonton has started the season, and this is not how a Stanley Cup-predicted contending team should start the season. And of course, who usually pays for that first? It's usually the head coach or someone on the coaching staff. Moving on to story two. Let's keep it in the same family up there in Edmonton. Sorry, Edmonton Oilers fans, but you know you can't just pass up good news like this. In an interview with The Athletic, Connor McDavid said that he's not very high as far as his confidence is concerned 
with how the Oilers are playing. He says, and I quote, I've liked the chances we've got. I've liked the control of the games that we've had, but there's obviously parts to clean up when you're in a situation like this. So there you have it. Probably the greatest NHL player of our time right now with someone like Leon Dreisaitl. This team should be contending for Stanley Cups on a regular basis, but as we've discussed in the past, they still haven't figured it out from an organization standpoint what they need to do to contend for the Stanley Cup on a regular basis. Hopefully with this changing the coaching staff, it gets things turned around and we get to see the Edmonton Oilers flying high where they should be in the winner's circle rather than on the bottom of the pile right now in the NHL. So in our final news story, we'll move from the greatest NHL player right now to potentially the next greatest player in the NHL in the upcoming future. Connor Bedard was the youngest to record a four-point game since 1944 as the Blackhawks defeated the Lightning. Now, as we've all watched Connor Bedard play in these uh, first few games of the season, I think it's safe to say this kid knows how to play the game. He's had some really great scoring touches. He's been involved in a lot of great plays. I think he's starting to figure out uh, how this NHL works and what he needs to do to be a great player in the NHL. And this is a good thing because you want your big-name talent to perform, especially on the national stage like an original six team like the Chicago Blackhawks because that will only draw more and more attention to the NHL and that's exactly what we want so we can build the NHL fan base to an even broader spectrum of fans so then they get it into the hockey card collecting market. Moving on to segment two, now we move into what I like to call the market watch for NHL cards. this market watch what we hope to accomplish is just like the stock market when a company starts performing well their stock goes up or if they perform badly it goes down well let's take a look at some NHL players and what they're doing statistically and let's see how or if their card values are being affected because of this let's start out with the Vegas Knights and their player William Carlson now Williams had a pretty good season so far he's played in 15 games He's had 8 goals and 10 assists. So a good start in 15 games. It's over a point per game, which is always what we're looking for. Now, William Carlson's PSA 10 Young Guns has a pop count of only 114. So this is a really nice low pop count for somebody who's putting up some great stats in the NHL so far. So how has that affected William Carlson's overall value? Well, currently it's up in the past 7 days. 73%. Now, his PSA 10 Young Guns car is still only selling for about $80 to $90 US. But again, that has been going up since his scoring has increased. Now, it definitely helps to be playing on the Vegas Golden Knights, who are your Stanley Cup champions from last year. And they came out of the gate hot again this year. They look like a real contender right out of the gate. And William Carlson is adding to that on a nightly basis. So with that info, will I be investing in any William Carlson PSA 10 Young Guns? Well, I'm going to currently hold on William Carlson, and it's not because of his play or his stats or anything like that. But again, with Vegas, he's a name that kind of gets lost in with the rest of them. He's not the top guy in that uh, team. 
but he's having a great year. So as far as investing in him, I'm going to hold off on him a little while longer and see, you know, if he continues to produce these kind of stats, then definitely I will look into investing in him. But for right now, I'm going to put a hold on investing in William Carlson. Let's move on from one William to another William. But this William plays in Toronto. That's right, we're talking about William Nylander of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, unless you don't have a TV or the internet or maybe you live under a rock, William Nylander's having a great start to the season so far. In 15 games, William Nylander has 10 goals and 12 assists. He is on a hot streak as we speak right now. Now, by the time this airs, I was in Toronto and I was able to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Calgary Flames on Friday night. And William Nylander had himself a night. He had a couple of goals and one of them was a shorthanded goal. So again, he's starting off on a hot streak. Now, William Nylander's PSA 10 Young Guns card has a pop count of 1,000. 101. Again, right in that thousand card range as far as PSA 10 goes. And how has his great play affected his card value? Well, in the past seven days, William Nylander's card has increased 15% in value. And that's to be expected. With this hot streak that he's on right now, I'm surprised it's not a little bit higher. And the value of his card is selling on average for about $180 US. Now, quick little note from the expo. I was looking to purchase a William Nylander PSA 10s, but unfortunately, when you have a hot guy in the Canadian market and you go to a Canadian card show, oh, they know what the value of that card should be and they don't want to come off that. And deservedly so. So, will I be investing in William Nylander in the upcoming future? Most definitely. I think William's having a great start to the season, and by the way he's playing, he's playing a little bit differently than I've seen him play in the past. He has a little bit more grit to his game. He's not kind of bailing out on plays maybe like he used to. He's really showing up. He's got a great scorer's touch. And again, all the attention isn't on him because he can kind of play under the shadows of your Austin Matthews and your Mitch Marners. But again, he is producing. Problem with investing with into someone like this is that the market understands this guy's on a hot streak and they're valuing the cards up higher than their current comps are because they know people are looking to buy. Yes, I would like to invest in William Nylander, but again, the price needs to be right. Let's shift our attention from Toronto and let's go down to New York City where Artemi Panarin is having quite a start to the season. Now, the bread man has played in 13 games, and he currently has 8 goals and 14 assists. So again, above a point per game average, and he is really playing well. He's a little bit more aerodynamic with the new haircut, but he's putting up the stats to back it up. Currently, Artemi Panarin's Young Guns PSA 10 pop count is sitting at 962. So how has this hot start affected uh, the bread man's card value in the card market? Well, unfortunately, in the past seven days, his PSA 10 Young Guns rookie card is down 3.5% and is selling on average between $75 and $80 US. Now this makes me sad, and I'm going to tell you why. Artemi Panarin is a wonderful talent in the NHL. He plays for an original six team. 
He plays in New York. He is producing right out of the hop as far as the beginning of the season goes, and yet he's not getting the hobby love he deserves. I think he may have a case of the Miko Rantanens. Here we go again with a guy who puts up great stats, but the market doesn't want to acknowledge it for some reason, and I don't understand why. But it's sad because Artemi Panarin is a great player, and I wish he would get more love in the NHL hockey card market. So, again, the question is... Will I be investing in Artemi Panarin? Sadly, the answer is no. And the reason why is I did invest heavily in Artemi Panarin over the past few years. And I haven't lost a lot of money with my investments with him, but I haven't gained a lot. So he's kind of been one of those neutral players as far as flipping his cards. This is mainly because when he puts up good stats... The market doesn't acknowledge it, and he kind of falls again by the wayside. I don't know if it's because he's not putting up big goal numbers like some of these guys are, or is it they just have a lot of stars in New York and he gets lost in the shuffle. So for whatever the reason is, I will not sadly be investing in Artemi Panarin in the very near future. Now for the fourth player we're going to consider in today's market watch is the defenseman of the Vancouver Canucks. And that is Quinn Hughes. Now, Quinn Hughes has come out of the gates flying. In 14 games, Quinn Hughes has 5 goals and 17 assists. So again, do your math. More than a point per game. And the nice part is, he is a plus 15 in the plus minus category. So not only is he scoring, but he's helping keep the pucks out of his own team's net as well. Now, Quinn Hughes, PSA 10 Young Guns card, currently has a pop count of 1,896. So a healthy amount of them on the market. So how has Quinn Hughes's play affected his card value? You think it went up or down in the past seven days? Well, happy days are here again. In the last seven days, Quinn Hughes's card has gone up 26%. And that's a great thing to hear because for a while there, his card was down in a value I thought was a little bit low for the caliber of player that he is. Now, Quinn Hughes's PSA 10 Young Guns is currently selling on average for $270 US. And that's a healthy number, especially for a defenseman. And that matches the stats I think that he's putting up as far as what his card value currently is. Now the big question, will I be investing in Quinn Hughes? Well, I have already. At the beginning of the season, I did pick up a few of his cards with the idea that I thought he would have a very solid season. Now as far as picking up anything in the near future, well, right now I currently don't want to pay the market price for one of his cards because as we know defensemen's values as far as their card values go can be a little more volatile uh, he could have a stretch of games where he doesn't put up a lot of points and that affects him too greatly so at this current price i'm going to hold on investing but if i can get something below 20 percent below comp value i would definitely consider it as far as an investment i would make to then when he picks up his scoring or if he's in the middle of the streak and i get it for a lower value that I would turn and flip pretty quickly. This would not be a hold card for me because I think, again, defensemen are a little bit volatile in their values as we've seen with Kale McCarr in the recent history. Now with the final player we're going to discuss, it's actually Quinn Hughes' teammate, Elias Pettersson of the Vancouver Canucks. 
Now, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I had an episode a few back where I talked about how maybe Elias Pettersson isn't a great investment for a number of reasons. You can go back and listen to that episode. So I'm here to say right now, you know what? I was wrong. Elias Pettersson came out flying. I think he probably heard my podcast and said, you know what? I'm going to teach that guy how good of a player I am and why he should be investing in my cards. And guess what? Elias, you caught my attention. Now, what has Elias done in the 14 games that he's played in this season? Well, he's put up a meager 7 goals and 18 assists for 25 points. And again, more than a point a game. So he's come out swinging, saying, hey, guess what, Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast? I'm here. Pay attention to me. Now, Elias's PSA 10 Young Guns pop count is currently sitting at 2,100. And 32. So yet another healthy number as far as uh, PSA 10s out there on the open market. And how has his start affected his card value? Well, it's gone up in the past seven days, but it's only gone up about 3%. And I think the reason for that is he started off the season hot and that kicked his cards up another plateau from a value standpoint. And now you're seeing where it's maintaining as far as what the value is going to be for a little while. Now, what is his card selling for currently? It's selling on average for about 220 US. Now, that's a good solid value for a good solid player who's putting up solid stats at the beginning of the season. Now, will I be investing in Elias Pettersson? Well, I'm going to put my tail between my legs and say, yes, I am. I've watched more of Elias's game. He has matured as a player since I, you know, remember watching him early on in his career. He's definitely looking to shoot the puck more. He's definitely looking to, you know, take a little bit more of a role as far as a leadership role in the team. And this is a team that could use that. And if he's one of those guys that could be in the forefront, they'll follow. And this team will produce. Because as I mentioned before, this is a good team. Just need to get some more national recognition. And with players like Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and another up-and-coming star who I'm going to eat a little bit more crow on, Andre Kuzmenko, who I said again, I'd be cautious about investing in. That's a team that's got some young talent around them. And with their goaltending starting to come around, I think they're going to make some noise. And I think Elias Pettersson is going to get that recognition that he so greatly deserves. So there you have the market pulse as far as some players in the NHL and what their card values are doing based off of their production. Sometimes it works out to where it goes up because of their production. Sometimes it doesn't work out so good because as we mentioned, maybe they got bit by the Miko Rantanen bug. So there are five players that we've considered when looking at their value based off of how it's doing in relation to their playing right now. Well, what do you think? Do you think that their values are justified, these five that I mentioned? Do you think that there's some other players that we should consider on future lists? Or do we need to do more episodes and call it who's been bitten by the Miko Rantanen bug and why they are not getting the hockey card love in the NHL market? Any of those topics you want to talk about, go to my Instagram page. Page at Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Podcast. Post me a message. Let me know what you think about this or anything else when it comes to hockey cards and their market, as well as the Miko Rantanen bug. 
Lastly, we're going to look at a couple of NHL predictions that I've read in the past as far as teams or players concerned and just discuss how those predictions are working out so far. Now, one of the first stories I want to talk about is Connor Bedard. I read a lot of different places where a lot of different writers thought, hey, Connor Bedard is just going to come out of the gate swinging. He's going to look like the star that he is in the NHL, and he's really going to pick up the torch as far as the next great in the NHL. What's he done so far? Well, I think it's still... uh, the jury's out on that. He has some really great games. As I mentioned, he just had a four-point game. He set a record with that. But he's also had some games where, you know, he hasn't done so well. And again, a lot of that has to do with the team that he's playing for. Chicago Blackhawks are a great team. They're rebuilding. They're trying to figure things out. So when they get a solid line mate with Connor Bedard to where he could start really playing on a day-to-day basis with them, I think he's going to pick things up. But right now, that prediction's still a wait and see. Next, let's discuss a big topic in the NHL right now, and that was your Edmonton Oilers, who were kind of favored to be a contender for the Stanley Cup so far. Three wins so far in the season isn't cutting it. They fired their coach, their assistant coach. They're trying to retool things. Hopefully that, as we mentioned, will pick things up. But we all kind of know what the big problem there is in Edmonton. It's coming down to two things, and it's just becoming more and more evident every single game. The defense isn't there what it needs to be. The goaltending situation is a complete mess. And they need to figure out those bottom two lines, lines three and four, as far as what their identity is. You know, are they going to be able to produce goals? Are they going to be a little bit tougher? But whatever that may be, they need to get more production out of the bottom six on those offensive lines. They cannot just rely on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl carry this whole team all the way to the finish line because we know... NHL seasons are long seasons, but when you get into the playoffs, that's when the true identity of the team comes out because every team knows what your weakness is and they will exploit it. And finally, let's talk about a couple of teams who have surprised us as far as how they've started the season. I'm going to start with my Boston Bruins. I know, beginning of the season, Patrice Bergeron, gone. David Krejci, gone. All those were free agents we had to let go because of salary cap restrictions, gone. I didn't think this team would be 500 at this point. But guess what? They've proven me wrong, and I'm happy they've done so. The team looks good. They're getting balanced production from all of their lines. David Pasternak scoring goals, but those bottom six, as I mentioned, one of Edmonton's crutches, if you would, are not only producing, but they're offering an identity that helps the other lines to do what they need to do. They're getting great defense. They have a great defensive core in place, but I think the number one reason is you You've got two goaltenders on that team who would be number ones anywhere. Any team would love to have them for the most part. And you're rolling out a 1A and a 1B every single night. So you're not getting that drop off in your goaltending. And I'll tell you right now, the Bruins may only be winning games 3-2, to 4-3, to three, one goal games, maybe even lower scoring games. But guess what? A win on the score sheet is a win on the score sheet. So hopefully they keep it up. And lastly, a big surprise team, Vancouver Canucks. I love it. This is a team that, again, I didn't think uh, they had what it took to be a contender. But so far, they're proving me wrong all over the place. They're beating some pretty solid teams out there. They're putting a lot of goals up on the scoreboard. They're getting great play from, again, they're great players. They're young players. They're defensemen. Their goaltending's picking up. So... A lot of people didn't have them. Again, probably middle of the pack at the beginning of the year. But right now, they're kind of taking the charge, and they're jumped out in front of that pack. And I'm 
curious to see if they could stay there the whole year, but I have a feeling they're going to be there, and they're going to make a, some noise, I think, when it comes to playoff time, and hopefully that this continues because we need teams like Edmonton and Vancouver, any Canadian teams, to be relevant in the NHL because Canada has such a deep history with hockey that we need to have that as part of our NHL market because it can't just be something where all the national attention is focused on U.S. teams because there are some great teams up in the NHL, great history, and great players. So it's really nice to see the Vancouver Canucks be that surprise team right out of the gate of this 23-24 season. Hopefully they keep it up so we have a lot more to talk about in upcoming episodes about the Vancouver Canucks. Well, there's the siren that ends the period, and it ends our podcast as well. I'd like to thank every single person who has tuned into the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. It really blows my mind to see the numbers grow on this podcast on a daily basis for some guy who lives in New England who just wants to talk about hockey cards and their values and hockey in general. Warms my heart, people, and I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode or episodes of the past, I just ask that you go and you give the podcast a like, give it a follow, give it a share, talk to other hockey-minded people and get them listening because, again, we want to grow this community so we can get as many opinions expressed on this show on variety of topics related to hockey cards and hockey in general. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to go back to any of the old episodes if you haven't heard them. You can find them on any of the podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple and Google. And as mentioned before, next week's episode will be all about the expo and my experiences, my pickups, my sales, my trades, my conversations, everything that I did at the expo, I will talk to you about next week so that you can have a better idea if you're planning on going to the expo, hopefully the next time it comes around. So for the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast, I'm your host Jay. I'm about to go get the bag of popcorn and watch some NHL games on TV that I'm really looking forward to seeing. So I'm going to leave you with this one thought. As Wayne Gretzky once said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So signing off for the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast, I'm your host Jay, and guess what? We'll see you soon.